Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Christine. I I know that complimenting your background means like, oh, we're calling out that you're at the and that's why we drink apartment, but it is a very professional looking background. Is it? Oh, I don't I feel like I I'm just like I it look just like looks I'm so clean and like orderly and you know It's clean because we're we don't come here a lot together to cause right. chaos. Well, so. Right. If I showed up at all, I think it would be a disaster. But <laughs> I will say like the last couple episodes you've been in your mom's basement. So this is just kind of a nice like lighting wise. It's just kind of a oh. step up. Thank you. I actually do really like the lighting in here. And I, it's, it's very like, nice. It's just the ceiling light, which never happens. And also it's, you know, I don't know. You're right. It does look nice in here. I don't it know is. what I'm it's being nice all poo-pooey about. Um, well, thank you, Christine. Yeah. So I, we got home and our internet's out. So we're staying here for a couple of nights now. A so. couple nights? They can't fix it that fast? That sucks. No, they, the closest appointment they had was like three days ahead. So What the was, hell? I think that was it. I don't know. It, it was unnecessarily long. So we got back and we were like, oh, we just want to relax. And then we had to, we literally within 20 minutes of being there, we're like, well, we can't be here without internet. So we just <laughs> left. <laughs> well, it's lucky that this other apartment we have uh, is close by. It worked It like so close by, like crazy close by. So um, it feels, it's fun. We've actually, there have been a few times where Allison and I have come here just to like, quote, get away. It feels like a little a vacation. Staycation feels like a staycation so uh got some uh we got some dinner delivered last night we watched a little selling sunset because you know i love my drama and my stories of course um but yeah that was it how have you been christine oh um thank you for asking i have been okay oh do you want to ask why i drink i'll just go to that yeah is there okay why do you drink christine sorry hey hey say your line here say your line now (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, thank you for asking that totally unprompted question. Um, I drank this week because um, I finally, finally got the nerve to call my doctor and schedule an appointment because I've been like really, really tired. And of course, it's kind of like, duh, you have a baby, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's tired in a way where I'm like, it's something's wrong, you know? Oh, okay. And I'll sleep like during on Blaze's days off, I'll sleep like 10 hours 
straight and be still miserably tired always. So I went to the doctor and so I called Friday and they were like, well, we have an opening Monday. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. That works out. Yeah. I'm coming in. And so I came in and he was like, and I was like, oh, also I have this terrible hip pain all the time and I can barely walk on it sometimes. And so what? Okay. This is also the first time I'm hearing about these things. I'm just full of ailments always. (laughs) I'm just in pain, you know? And so I walked out of the office with uh, an order of like 10 vials of blood work and an mm. x-ray order. And they were like, oh, it's just right down the hall. So I just walked down the hall. They got my blood. I walked downstairs to the second floor, got my x-ray, left in like 20 minutes. And that night, all my results came back. And I was like, what is this magical? Sorry, are you somewhere else with like universal <laughs> health care or something? Yeah, I know. Like, What is going on? I think it's because it's uh, at the... Uh, I guess I shouldn't say where it is. So maybe I don't know. Some version of an urgent clinic, maybe. No, no, no. It's like uh, it's let's just say it's university level uh-huh. healthcare. So maybe that's why. But oh, I don't maybe. know. I really don't know because I have been in a lot of different healthcare systems and they're not usually this efficient. Um, but so I I found out that my iron is very low and I've had anemia in the past. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I got it checked. And now he's prescribing me iron supplements and potentially, and I don't think I'll have to get an iron infusion. I've had those in the past, but I just remember how much it helped when I got it in the past. So I'm just really happy. I finally, you know, bit the bullet, got checked out, um, got low iron and my hip. Apparently I just have like really swollen, uh, he said there's no like joint disease or anything. I just have like really swollen, I don't know, hips. It's just going to get issues. worse as you get older. He just said, um, I need physical therapy. So I'm going to oh. do that too. So and anyway. Probably mental therapy, by the way. But <laughs> Well, I'm already doing that. That was priority <laughs> number one, my friend. Well, wow. I'm sorry. You're, I, hmm. I had no idea about any of that, but I'm, I'm glad you're doing better like, now. Like on Friday, I was like, I'm finally just going to get over my stupid phone thing and call and it was very easy and they were like come in monday and then by monday night like i had a result i know i know it's uh, there's a i mean like for all the times that i've like for all the doctor's appointments i've been going to recently and the fact that i could have just picked up a phone years ago done it it's embarrassing like it's like it's that weird shamey part of mental illness of like man like i only shot myself in the foot for the last several years but also it's like i couldn't there's nothing i could have done i could have gotten that bullet out of my foot years ago and i just couldn't I <laughs> honestly just couldn't if a real bullet was in my foot i probably still wouldn't call a doctor same i'd be like i'm fine i'd be like it's this is not my, a big deal this is the new me so i'd be like oh but i'm in therapy and it's like that's not gonna f- <laughs> fix it <laughs> Anyway, this is your sign if you're out there and you're like, gosh, something feels wrong. I don't feel well. Even if it's something vague, like my hip hurt and I kept being like, whatever, I'll just stretch. And Blaze was like, you need to go get that scene in case you don't want it to get worse. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. The worst that happens is he says, oh, you need to stretch. Or the worst that happens with my tiredness is he says... Uh, I don't know. You need to stop drinking so much. I mean, that would be a disaster. Really, the worst he could say is like a, a lot, a lot worse. <laughs> a lot worse. Because <laughs> they're like, we need to take your hip out. <laughs> okay, you're completely right. The worst he could say. I guess what? I, yeah, you know what? I take it back. The worst. He I know could what say. you're saying. I'm just being an asshole. I know what you're <laughs> no, saying. No, but you're right. Um, but yeah. So if this this is your sign, if you're like something feels off, but I don't know if it's worth going to the doctor, just go to your primary care. If you don't have one, I didn't for a long time. Just like call an office and be like, hey, you know, if you have insurance, if you're lucky enough to have insurance, it's such a nightmare out there. So don't worry. Mm-hmm. I know that it's expensive and 
nightmarish. So if you are not able to do that, I understand. But if what's holding you back is what's holding me back, which was just like, I don't want to make the call. I don't feel like putting the time aside. Um, this is your sign to just do it. Try it. You know, it's wild. I've well, I've always um, it's, I'll, I guess I'll take it as my sign, because for a while I've been wondering if I should go to a sleep clinic because of how wild my sleep habits yeah. are. But I, I mean, so I've had with all this, all the, these stupid doctor things, I've gotten probably every single vial of blood pulled out of me at this point. And they didn't find anything wrong in any of my blood work. Like they're like, my iron's fine and all that. But so now I'm like, well, okay, then I feel like I need to go to a sleep clinic because this is That was the thing he said. If my blood, if my uh, blood levels were all normal, the next thing they would look into is a sleep clinic. So it's worth, and you know what I did is I downloaded this app and I can't believe I'm telling you about this. Um, What? It's called Shut Eye, and I know my brother and Renee have used it uh, in the past. Um, my brother talks in his sleep. Renee does too and, like, makes all sorts of noises. Um, and so I was like, oh, this will be interesting because he said, well, maybe you have sleep apnea and you don't realize it. So I was mm. like, I'm just going to download this and see. And it basically just, like, records your sleep. I've seen people use it on TikTok for, like, yeah, it's like, yeah. funny bits. Yeah. Um, what? Do you sleep I'm, apnea? I'm really afraid of what it showed me this morning. What did it show you? Were you doing that thing again where you spit in the air and catch it in your mouth? (laughs) No. I was like, oh, at least that I'll know what that is. I think I'm taken over by a demon in the middle of the night. I'm scared to play. I'm going to play the sound for you. This is what I did in the middle of the night. Okay. Should I play it? Yes. I didn't even show it to my mom and Blaze because I was so like freaked out. And now I'm going to play it for everybody listening to the podcast. God. And by the way, that that spitting up into the air and catching it was a one-time situation as far as, um, as far It was as actually a two-time situation. <laughs> <laughs> because I told Renee all about it. And then that, that fucking next, that night we were on vacation in Palm Springs. She took a video of me doing it. And it's, anyway. Uh, it's impressive. Okay, play this weird sound. I'm scared of it. Um, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna play it for you, but like, don't, don't stop being my friend. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna play it. Here it is. Are you farting? No, it's going through my mouth. I sound like a cow demon. It sounds like it's like something's bellowing out am of I you. Am I dying? Like, I'm like, is that sleep? Like, what's happening? It sounded like a, well, that's, I thought it was a little toot because it sounded Ooh. like, boom. it sounded like your butt had something to say. No, but, because I'm, I mean, I probably was also doing that, but I was under a comforter <laughs> and a sheet and a weighted blanket. So I, that sounded, I, it sounded like a, it didn't sound like a cow, like, like a bellowing. What is that? Ooh. I'm so freaked out that I was doing that all night. I didn't do it I all night. Know. But I did it for a while. Literally slept next to you so many times, though, and I've never heard that. But then again, I also sleep like a rock. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering, because Blaze hasn't heard that before. But I guess he sleeps well, too. So maybe... So now I'm freaked out. Anyway. That's a weird sound. That doesn't even... Because I was thinking maybe you burped, and that was like the the exhale after. But like that's not it either. But it went on for a long time. Like, what is that noise? I I freaked myself out this morning. I was like... I don't know if I like this app anymore. Um, if you happen to be someone um, in that works in sleep disorders, please uh, I- explain for us. Thank yeah, because <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just like doing a weird like snore sound. I mean, I, I don't know. So now I feel like I need to make another doctor's appointment. Anyway, 
It's fine. It's all fine. I, I would definitely record yourself a second time and see if it's a recurring situation. Okay. Good idea. Good idea. I mean, I'm, I feel bad. My baby used to sleep in that room. She's going to grow up like traumatized by these sounds. She's just going to, you're going to realize one day, like when you visit a farm, she does her best sleeping next to the cows. <laughs> she falls asleep in a pasture. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening? She feels safe there. She's That's like, all. this is my new mom. I'm like, wait, 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 no. <laughs> No. Interestingly, you sound like a cow. And my other friend, uh, my other, uh, my childhood best friend, Deirdre, she sounds like a bear when she sleeps. Oh, sounds like we could start a whole circus. Like a, whole, a little zoo. Not a circus. I guess cows aren't part of that. But like a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> a little sleep zoo. A That'd farm? be fun. Yeah. If anyone out there sounds like a chicken or some piggies when you're sleeping, come I on think down. chickens also aren't really in the zoo either. But um, oh, right. monkeys? monkeys. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, that's what you sound like. <laughs> oh my god, I was just popping a wine bottle in my head all night. <laughs> you literally sound like you're manifesting wine that being uncorked. That would explain uncorked. all the corks next to my bed. No, I'm just uh-huh, there And all is. the yeah, empty yeah. wine bottles. So, But I do have this 19 <laughs> crimes. Um, Blaze was cooking some dinner that required white wine. And, oh no! Uh, it, I know it was it was really tough to add to the grocery list. Um, but so he got this 19 crimes Martha's because you know Snoop does the mm-hmm. the uh, red wine. So here's a Martha's Chardonnay. Um, I love so. their duo. It's I just lo- the best. Their dynamic is so lovely. It's they, it's like there's a documentary or not a documentary. I think it's a TV series where it's like called um, um, Unexpected Friendships or something. Oh. And it's it's like a, a Nat Geo series. Yeah, it's like I think. ducklings and puppies and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like random animals that you wouldn't expect to it's get along. It's a cow and a bear. Yeah. sleeping in the pasture. <laughs> it's Deirdre and Christine in the season finale. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think I like to think of Snoop Dogg and Martha as it's a great friend, the narrators of that show. Um, anyway, so I'm popping my wine, and that's why Mom drinks. Our lovely friend Jess got me this glass, so I'm ready to go. Um, I am sorry I took up so much time with my medical musings, but here we are. No, you're good. Also, I will say another reason you drink, which I'll show you. Someone's getting a new home soon. Huh? <gasps> is that is that lemon? It's oh well, lemon isn't oh, in there. It's the new case. His new home got oh, here today. It looks swanky, M. I'm just saying, someone's about to move in. Bigger pastures, greater it looks pastures. Swanky. Look at um, him. Oh my it gosh. It is. It's bigger, so he can roll around in there and have a good time. I love that for him. And Upgrade. one thing, all because you didn't ask me why I drink. Interesting. Oh, right. Hey, why do you drink? <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I'll send you a picture Line. because I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay i'm sending you the picture um because i treated myself to a lot of things on etsy for my birthday and one of them just came in today and it's this little fella oh my god wait is this a tea kettle with a lava lamp on it okay (laughs) what's happening okay it is a lava lamp which i already own I already own a few, so like there, there's no need to have another. But here we are. I definitely um, bought you one once. I remember. Yeah, I. It's fine. And it I'm was okay. like your fifteenth one. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's I. Once we hit a hundred, it gets nerve wracking. I got think. it. But this one, uh, it's close. It looks like a tea kettle. Actually, I hadn't picked up on that. But someone, it, this was on Etsy, and it was like a one of a kind. And it is a. My favorite color version lava lamp, by the yeah. way, where it's the blue liquid and the green lava. Uh-huh. It's my favorite. And uh, it was, it's made out of a 1960s cocktail make, mixer or something. Oh, oh, 
I see it. So it's like a shaker, but it has the spout mm-hmm. and a handle. Isn't that fun? Um, I mean, I just saw it and I was genius. like, I need to have it. Also, the handle isn't doing it justice, but it usually glows this really pretty red. It's like a resin Whoa. situation. So anyway, that's that why I drink. Very. That is something you would invent in your dreams. And then I saw it at- when I was slap happy and I was like, this feels good. <laughs> this and- is the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and so I drink in a good way because it has shown up. But I drink in a bad way because I can't be at my home right now because there's no internet. So I just dun, know dun, dun. it exists. I know it exists. And I can't wait to finally crack into it. Much like oh this gosh. story we're going to get into. Yay! See that shameless, seamless, endless. Yeah, I let it. I let it, segu. I let go to make sure that the segue worked, but then you just kept talking about the segue. So now we need another one. You know. I feel like this is going to be a perfectly chaotic episode. Okay. How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than ten thousand different kinds of plants and over two million happy customers in the U.S. You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options, and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac. And so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Um, here is my story, and uh, hmm, how do I want to start this? Well, I'll start it this way. 
This is a, I'm finally stepping away from the phantoms for a second because I know I've been saying I was on a ghost phase, have my little phase, yep. a phantom phase, a phantom phase. We got there. We got there. Um, but now we're bringing it back to something Christine loves, maybe a little more. Do you know what that is? Is it aliens? It's a widow alien. I've been on an alien binge listening to podcasts. Oh. So I am like in the headspace. Oh my God. Okay. Spooky ookie. Okay. <gasps> Good, 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 good. So maybe that's the sound coming out of you. Maybe they're channeling you. Oh, no. Okay, that's also why it was so scary is because I've been like binge listening to these like podcasts about alien abductions. And then I woke up and heard that noise and I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Sounds like a like a beacon or something like they left something in your little belly. (laughs) Like a homing beacon. (laughs) Like I'm right here. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here is uh, the story of the. I I want to pronounce it right. I think it's Maringa abduction. Okay. A, AKA the Agripo experiment. <gasps> AKA the Jardim Alvadora affair. I've never heard of this. Me either. And it was actually pretty hard to find. I think usually I use like, I don't know, a million sources uh, per story, but this one, I think I only used four. Wow. Um, so it was not easy to find. I only found one podcast on it. It was like, it's, I'm unsure why it's not mentioned a lot, but, um, it also might, I don't know yet, but it might lead into a part two. Um, not because the story is particularly long, but I will explain later that at the, at the same time this was happening, apparently another UFO story might have been going on. And if oh. I can find enough information on it, I'll piggyback them and do the next one next cool. week. So uh, this is the Moringa abduction. And this happened April 13th, 1979 in Moringa. I really hope I'm saying that right. It's a, it's a city in Brazil. Um, and it, the main characters today are 21-year-old. Joselito de Matos and 13 year old Roberto Carlos. Okay. So Joselino and Roberto are brothers. Okay. One's 21, one's 13. And so it's 1979 and it happens to be Good Friday. So they are going to visit their sister and their sister lives in the suburb of how I think it's pronounced Jardim Alvadora, um, which is why it's called the Jardim Alvadora Fair. Okay. So she lives in the suburb. They're going to go visit her for Good Friday, and they're going to go watch a Good Friday, I think, Christian program on TV. The Passion of the Christ? It just might be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what happened that day. Good to that's... know. I would have just, uh, I would have probably tr- put something else on television. You know, as a, but... as, a, as a small child, I was always like, why is this such a Good Friday? Right? They nailed him to a cross today. Why is, what's, what I was are we like, doing? I feel like if there's a good Friday, there ought to be a bad Friday. But I guess bad Friday is Friday the 13th. But what I if, feel like this is the bad Friday, right? Like we nailed we, him to a cross. That's not pretty pretty good in my mind, but whatever. Fair enough. And also some people would say Friday the 13th is lucky. And conveniently, this uh, good Friday was on a Friday the 13th. No. Silly, silly facts. I have double, them all. Double, double trouble. So unfortunately, they... I guess got sleepy or the program was like supposed to start at midnight or something. I don't understand if they didn't know like the TV schedule or like they planned on staying overnight and just left. I don't know what the deal is, but, um, 
I saw from one source that the program was not going to really start until midnight or something like that. So they headed out early and they left around 1130 at night, mm-hmm. which in my mind, you were all, you only had a half an hour left to wait around, you know, could have. Yeah, but snack. then you got to commit to the whole thing. I know. I know. It's just like those people that like go to they go to a New Year's party, but then don't stay for the new like the midnight ringing in. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You you better bring the fun. You know what I mean? Not the not the snoozing, not the not Z's. The snooze fest. So they're they decide to leave around eleven thirty, and while they're walking home, uh, Roberto, the younger one, he points to a star in the sky and he mentions how weirdly bright the star is. Mm-hmm. And I get to a point where he's kind of freaking out about it. And Joselina says, "Don't worry, it's just a star, no big deal." But soon they realize that this light is following them. Oh shit. And, I mean, we're going right into it right off the bat. And, by the way, this is a fairly short story, so every bit of it is pretty um, yeah, jam-packed. With I'm already scared. Good. That's what I want out of this. Yeah, you sounded a little too excited about that. <laughs> Our, at least once a week, I always get to talk to you, and I want you to just feel fear every time. What do you just think? Just utter terror at your hands. <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, they realize that the star is following them. And they're calling it a star, but I think we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as the star begins to follow them and they're aware of it, Joselino's heart begins racing. Been there, Joselino. And <laughs> go <laughs> and upside down. Go upside down. Just lie on a bed. You're going to be fine. Some staircases. Go, go to my doctor. He's, he's in Sherman Oaks. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> Sherman Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a, just a skip away from Brazil. Yeah, it's a suburb or something. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, his heart began racing and he had uh, eerie chills throughout his entire body. And apparently these chills, he said, like, these were not good chills. Oh, no. Um, Before they knew it, they were not in control of their bodies anymore. (gasps) And it was like their mind could see what was happening, but their their bodies were not theirs. Oh, no. And their legs began walking toward an open field. No! And this is a quote from Hosolino. Suddenly, we started to walk and walk and walk. It seems as, as if we were walking very slowly, and then we were walking very fast. We fought against it, but couldn't. We continued walking. It seemed that it was impossible for us to think of anything else, and the only objective was to reach the place where the star was. Oh, my God. Forget about it. Forget about it. So they walk into this field, and they get to... The closest part they can get to uh, where they're where they're as close as possible to the star. And it's a tree in the middle of this field. And the star is like pretty darn next to them in this tree, like not in the sky anymore, like just kind of floating above them near them. Uh Oh, and so they get to this tree, their bodies collapse (sighs) and the star is floating right next to them. And before passing out, Joselino in a dreamy slippery conscious state he hears the some voice in his mind say the job is not ended we will be back Ugh. Mm-hmm. no 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 next thing they knew they wake up and time has passed the worst the worst of the worst experience i think uh they just wake up and they're incredibly groggy like jeez almost as if like i what i imagine is like heavily Hangover. like 
hungover or drugged up on something like just stumbling and groggy and just kind of their bodies I've heard not people totally almost have working. like flu like symptoms sometimes after an abduction i don't know about that but i would believe it the, like the body aches and that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah well i i would i don't they didn't say anything that particular but the way that it was described sounds a lot like like a flu like situation right um so they because their body they were just so groggy apparently they couldn't even like they were so weak they couldn't even get up um they had to help each other get up from the ground and then they had to hold each other while they like stumbled home (gasps) oh no so like their body is not 10 out of 10 right now no um on their way home they also were very dirty for no reason um, mm. maybe the reason was that they were walking through a field or something, but they're apparently muddy. Um, and they woke up feeling like hungrier than they ever had in, in the entire, in their entire lives. Just like okay. so insatiably hungry. One of the, so the podcast I've been listening to Astonishing Legends and they talk about, um, uh, Terry Lovelace's abduction and he is telling the story and he says when he woke up from his abduction, he was thirstier than he had ever experienced in his entire mm-hmm. life. And it was like I, insatiable thirst. And I wonder if that's like, I don't know, because the missing time for us only feels like a couple hours. But for all we know, like in another world, sure, missing diff- time oh, interesting. is like um, maybe you were there for like five goddamn months and you never had an ounce of water. I don't know. And time just doesn't. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, too. I don't know. Or maybe whatever is happening to you during that abduction, you're just so depleted of energy that right, you... Right, or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Always fun to to wonder and only wonder. I and certainly only hope... only wonder. And I never certainly hope find I, out. I never want the answer. <laughs> I don't want to find out. Um, so they are just like stumbling back. Uh, their legs are... Their knees are super weak. And they finally make it home. And basically the second they get to the front door, they collapse. And they collapse onto the door and like break it open with their bodies because they so just they splat can't even, down. Like, get in oh wow yeah. um so their family helps them inside and while Joselino and roberto were being calmed down they were trying to like tell their story and they look out into the field and the star is still there what no go away <laughs> the brothers point to it and start trying to explain what happened and once they start talking about it uh i guess the star heard them or something christine's worst nightmare that they can hear you uh-uh. no matter how far away you are uh-uh. and this is a quote from Joselino as they're trying to tell their parents what happened or their mom and their brothers what happened the object seemed to observe us from that distance and suddenly my brother and i received some kind of shock so strong that it hurled us to the ground my mother another brother and my sister were not touched my mother told me later that when they touched me or Roberto, we felt electrified, but we <gasps> couldn't move a finger. Oh, my God. So they're still controlling you. Yeah. So basically, from a far distance, they were able to hear them talking about what happened and essentially remote tased them. Like punish them for it. <gasps> yeah. That's scary. Um, and I then, wonder if, you, if they like implanted something. I don't know. Because they end up talking about this later, and I don't hear any more about this, like, tasing feeling. Oh, okay. So I wonder if maybe this was just while that star was still, like, like earthbound. In proximity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, within a certain range of each other, they could still witness each other. if it was, like, a lifetime thing where you never knew if it was going to zap you. Oh, my God. But talk about, like, keeping it quiet. That's true. That's true. But I – but, yeah, because it's interesting. The only time that 
he had this experience was also the same time where he could still see the star in the field. So maybe they could, they both could recognize each other. And that was, that's interesting. But then as soon as it flies away, he's able to talk about it later. So, okay. Um, but yeah, so they basically got like shocked into the ground so they wouldn't talk again. Uh, and it flies away. The star flies away, Mm. never to be seen again. And the brothers could move again. As soon as the, the star flew away, they could just get back up and walk around wow. and didn't have to recover any longer. Wow. So I also wonder if, like, all of a sudden they could get up, like, I don't know if they were still really weak or anything, but it's almost like, wow, that thing was on Earth. It was almost maybe harnessing their energy to be there. Oh, and then as soon as it was gone, they could just, like, pop up and be fine. Like disconnected. I, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So, although the brothers tried to move on, uh, they knew that they didn't have the whole story of that night. And there's some sources I saw, I think like two of them, said that these brothers were eventually interviewed by the Center for Flying Saucer Research, which, one, I would like to join it. Mm -hmm. And two, I couldn't find, like... I found uh, a, like some excerpts of their conversation, but I don't know if that was directly with the Center for Flying. No, that wasn't. It wasn't because, okay, like you can help me solve this mystery. So I saw a few sources say that they were interviewed by this CFSR. Mm-hmm. But then they end up agreeing to later do like a hypnosis regression situation. Okay. And the excerpts I got were from that hypnosis session. But I didn't see any sources that actually, like, gave files or reports or records on their interviews with this flying research thing. sealed? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I was just like, why would you even announce that they got interviewed by them? And then, like, I couldn't find anything. Show the interview. Yeah, that's weird. So anyway. So anyway, all we have are conversations from the hypnosis regression. Um, Hosolino decides to go through hypnosis. And he does this with... Uh, Dr. Oswaldo Alves. Okay. And while under hypnosis, Joselino begins to remember that night in the field. And he says, as we recall, they could, they were all of a sudden out of control of their bodies, walking into the field. They get to the tree and they pass out. Mm-hmm. And they were on the ground for only, this is now while hypnotized, he's remembering they actually only were on the ground for a few minutes Um, or at least he was, and all of a sudden his body begins floating. Oh, no. And his body heads towards this star or this object that had a door in the side of it. (gasps) And in the doorway, or at the doorway, there were two men, and they were humanoid. They were, they looked like just two white men in their 40s. Um, It, apparently, they did not seem really... Well, definitely out of place because they were on a fucking UFO. But, like, they they didn't seem like anyone other than humans as they were described. Right. One of them, though, grabs Joselino's arm and holds a foreign object against it for a moment. And so I don't know if that was, like, scanning him into the building or something. I I don't know. But so he put something next to his arm for a second. And then um, the two men, like make us make a gesture that implies like come inside with us whoa and i at this point i don't know for the rest of the story if like at least at this point i don't know if he walked in because he could or if he was still like out of his body and they were controlling him right 
Because if they're like, come on in, and he's like, I don't have a choice. Like, what's yeah. the point of gesturing? But okay. Exactly. Or if they're like, come on in, it, like, what do you do? Can you say no? Can you like, run? Right. Can you go, actually, can you put me down? I really am not interested. Like, actually, can you set me back down? It's like, I'm like, it's already midnight. I was planning on going home to sleep. But I had to watch The Passion of the Christ. Right. At, at midnight, <laughs> I have somewhere to be. Also, I, I don't know if there's, I just think it's ironic that this is happening on a Friday the 13th because it feels spooky, but also interesting that it, this happened on a good Friday because I feel yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. I just find it as a funny parallel. It, it is an interesting uh, coincidence. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm like 99% sure it means nothing symbolically that it had landed on the stage. It's just, oh, what are the odds? Well, it's a weird, yeah, it's, it is a weird coincidence, I think. I don't know. Just a silly fact, I guess. But um, so they end up going inside and the two men lead Hosolino through many rooms, uh, through four different rooms. And I don't know why they brought him to different rooms. I don't know if they were like, oh, not this room. Let's go to the next one. But uh, it seemed like maybe he was getting like a little bit of a tour. A tour. And so the first room, he sees uh, a bunch of machines and monitors, kind of like a computer lab, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the second room, he sees several motors, but he mentions that the motors were weirdly silent when in use, and they weren't hot to the touch when in use, so it's a little bit like an advanced technology, I guess. In the third room, Hosolino sees a bunch of, the best word he could come up with were like photographs on the walls, and it seemed like the photographs had a bunch of scenes of nature. So it felt almost like you just went to someone who likes landscape photography and just was looking at his wall. That is so weird. But the fourth room, he sees medical equipment. Nope. And they basically tell him to lie down (laughs) so they can examine him, which apparently they did. And uh, I don't know how this happened, but they also got a sperm sample okay next they put what looks like a helmet on his head and uh once they put the helmet on his head i guess like it was something to read his mind or read signatures that were going on in his body chemical signatures i don't understand i don't totally understand but they put a helmet on his head and then the two men walk out and leave him in the room And soon a humanoid woman walks in Mm. and she is described as six or sorry. She's described as five, six to five, nine, which apparently is 1.7 to 1.8 meters. Yeah. Um, She had black hair that came to her shoulders and she wore a black coverall. She had light brown skin. She had full like thick black eyebrows. She had black eyes. Okay. And other than that, she looked very similar to humans. Interesting. Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning for SA. Okay. If you would like to skip ahead, this is your moment. I would say maybe two minutes ahead if you would like to do that for yourself. Okay. And we'll we'll say like, okay, that section is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hoselino's sitting there on the table. This woman comes in. And she begins touching him all over his body in a very, I don't know if sensual is the right word. Sexual, maybe. Sexual, yeah. It was apparently in a way that was meant to... Arouse him. Arouse him. And and it wasn't uh, aggressive, and he never said anything about feeling like he was obligated 
but but like at, but he's such, already been dragged onto this ship against his will and so. he's already been good yes and it's this is such a, a tricky such a tricky part because he was the way that he described it it felt like they're like he i don't know it felt very like a neutral experience by the way he was describing it but i'm going to just go ahead and say it's full-blown essay anyway because i'm imagining yeah. i'm assuming he never gave consent i'm assuming she wasn't like hey i know that we just put this helmet on your head without consent and also strapped you down without consent but can i do and this And also got already got a sperm sample before oh, yeah, this true. happened true so like i don't understand well what yeah the, wait okay i don't even know how the first sample got taken i don't care to know personally um and it wasn't in any if he didn't talk about it yep yep bada bing bada boom okay um yeah, he was the way he described it was very neutral, but then again, he was under hypnosis. It was a clinical space. So sure, sure. I don't I don't know totally what's going on in his head, but these are just uh what happened. So she's touching him all over his body in a way that makes his body respond. Yeah. Um, and then he gets on top of her, but I also want to remind everybody that his uh body was not hit was not in his control a while ago. So I don't know if that's happening again True. or if yeah. this I don't know if he's in control of his body or not at this point, but he gets on top of her. They do what you can assume happens until um, he has completed the task, mm -hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Um, she then pushes him off and wipes him down with a cloth um, and then telepathically says, quote, perhaps the seed will grow. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, and there's, by the way, excerpts online um, in pretty incredible detail uh, if you want to learn more about that. But it doesn't further along the story. So I'm just not going to bring it sure, to anyone's yeah. attention just because I don't know who's listening. And this might have already been a lot for some people. Um, but there are excerpts online for people who are interested in knowing more about the that event. Okay. So, so is that's that uh, that's it. That's, that's done. Trigger trigger warning over everybody. Okay, great. Um so she doesn't give her name, but uh he does learn that they're apparently doctors and scientists studying humans mm -hmm. and they are part of a department called the Agripo unit. Okay. Which is why this is called the Agripo experiment. Right. Um, and I don't know what Agripo stands for or if it stands for anything or if that's a word in their world, but they're just doing research on humans. And I guess in a very direct, uh, involved for way, real, you could call it that. Yeah. Research. Yeah. It's not just observing, which I yeah. would think is what research is, but okay. Yeah. Um, and then this is a quote from Hosolino. They told me they were for peace and that their objective was to study, to understand the earth. They spoke to me about life, the fights, and the wars. She said the life on earth was a life of neuroses, of conflicts, wars, hunger, and nobody is concerned for the upcoming effects. Mm. She said it was our selfishness that provoked the wars, hunger, and death. She said that they are our friends and they would like to cultivate a friendship with us, and they are judging us. I really think they were for peace, that they were peaceful people and friends. Wow. Which, again, makes what I said earlier a little tricky, because he seems to like, he's like, I think they're friends. And he's I, like, no, they were great. We, we got yeah, along so great. It's also that I don't, it's, 
I don't I don't totally understand it, but if you would like to read the excerpts for yourself, go for it. Sure. Um so Hosolino then asks them where they came from, and they respond, much beyond the stars. Wow. Which is I would be like, that's too vague for me. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I, much beyond. So one uh source that I read claims that uh the beings said to him that they were from a planet called Tortum, which is uh, in the Sado system of Andromeda. Oh, so sure, that's... yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So I feel like that really did happen, where someone said, much beyond the stars, and then he went, please clarify. Yeah, and then they yeah, were like, It's a very specific. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're from pl- Tordum. We're from If Tordum. you must know. So after this, the men come back into the room, and they say, we think it's time to leave you. Good. Yeah. So they walk Hosolino back to the door, and as he left, uh, he felt unable to move again. Oh. And this was kind of a weird, I, I think I was reading it right, um, but it sounds like he almost like jumped out of the star. Uh-huh. But I don't, again, I don't know if it was his body that he's in control of or if that was something that they caused him to do. But I guess the two men that were escorting him all, all of a sudden started to float and they floated down to be able to catch him. Like as if this was part of the plan. Like, oh, you jump out and we're going to grab you and then we're going to have you float down the rest of the way. Yeah. And so the, so they, he jumps out, they catch him, they bring him back to the part of the ground where he had collapsed next to his brother. And that's when he wakes up, mm. which is interesting because they're saying it's time to leave you. They're having a pretty, I would say closed door experience. Like he's yeah. definitely like, don't have to worry about them still being around. But if you recall, as he was either passing out or waking up at the beginning, he heard the phrase, the job is not ended. We oh, will be yeah. back. So I don't know if that meant it's time to leave you right now, but we will be back for additional research or I don't know. Ooh. And then that would, can you imagine the paranoia for the rest no. of your life? Like I can't eat. That's just. And that too... happens to a lot of people who experience this because it's like, a, it's yeah. often a repeat process and like throughout your whole childhood and then into adulthood, it's like every couple of years you get a visit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you can just, you never know if you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he wakes up and uh, then, you know, he barrel, uh, barrels onto his mom's house and then they see the thing in the sky. And when they're talking about it, they get shocked. Um, so keep in mind, this all happened. The whole story I just told you just happened to Hosolino and yeah. he, didn't, he didn't know the whole time where his brother was. Right. But one source did say that through hypnosis, you end up finding out that the brother was also on the ship. And I really hope he didn't have the same experience, especially because Roberto was 13. 13. Yeah. Um, so we don't know Roberto's side to this, but um, he was allegedly also on board, maybe in a different room. Hopefully he just stayed in the room with like the landscape pictures the landscapes. or something. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. Um, interestingly, this same night, uh, even though they were the two that ended up on board and they didn't see anyone beyond these three beings... Um, there were other people on earth who in the, in the, uh, in the suburb or at least in the city that all claim to have seen a UFO and some people even got pictures of it. <gasps> so that's, it's interesting that there are corroborating reports on that's that. That's nice validation probably for them. I would, I, it would make me so happy to be like, okay, at least I don't Thank feel God. totally alone. Yeah. Um, 
And also the brother was, uh, well, I already said this, the brothers were said to be interviewed by the Center for Flying Saucer Mm -hmm. Research. Um, And one source said that Joselino and Roberto's mother was actually also a UFO abductee when she was a child. Okay, that's the other thing I'm learning is that oftentimes it runs in families. Yeah. So um, So now you have siblings and the mother. Which also freaks me out because if I heard we'll be back, it's like you're going to be back even for my like goddamn kid because like this is like a longer kids already on that ship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like think about like the longitudinal study of like like experiencing or abducting one person. Then they have a kid and then then children. Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. That's so scary. So Joselino and Roberto, understandably, stepped away from the public with this case and, like, never talked about it. One, I can't imagine the press, like, keeping you from trying to get back to a normal life. Yeah. Two, the shame of people not believing you and getting gassed all the time. Yep. Uh, Three, not wanting to talk about your sexual assault history. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, and also like, hello, number four. They got shocked the last time they talked about it. True. So why would you even want to risk that? Good point. Yeah, but I guess they talked about it during hypnosis and it was fine. But I don't, I don't know um, how else, how often they talked about it elsewhere. Uh, but they did end up. The case got mentioned in a few books, so there are books on this. And I guess fun fact that I have is this event happened either on or very closely near the same time as a separate UFO event called the Mirasol Contact, which is hopefully what I'll be covering next week. <gasps> okay, is, so I see the double the double parter here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's enough info on it, I will be covering that next week. But um, that is the story of the Moringa abduction slash the Agripo experiment slash the Jardim Alvadora affair. You have no idea how timely that was because I've spent probably the last 48 hours just constantly thinking about aliens. Oh, it's, well, it sounds like that was pretty perfect timing. And I'm sorry for I I feel like I really um didn't know how to handle the trigger warning situation just cuz no, I, I, nev- I never I never mean- have to give them. That's I so Yeah, no. I mean, it, I think it's smart to give them when they happen in your story because I think a lot of time like, no one's I expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't do them because it's one of those things where the stories just would need 400 each yeah. and it would get out of hand. Also, then it's comparing. It's like, well, which stories are worth the Deserves trigger warning? It, or which, exactly. Yeah, it becomes really weird. But yeah, I think usually people are expecting like a silly ghost story with mine. Yeah, and, like, yeah. No, I think that was really smart to do. So, um, I think anyway, that was really smart. Sorry if I, I really hope I wasn't. Um, I think you did a good job with it. I think you handled it perfectly. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. So there's that. And hopefully wow. next week I come back with another spooky story. Or I gotta spooky say, UFO story. this stuff is fascinating to me. Do you know if the brothers like stayed close? Because one thing I keep hearing is that when people experience this together, a lot of times they end up going separate ways. They lose their relationship oftentimes never want to speak again i don't know about the two of them but i have heard that too where but i think that's kind of common with a lot of really intense trauma trauma in general it's like i can't look at you without feeling without without remembering i don't want to remember yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think it might be hand in hand with that so that is so crazy thank you em for telling Mm -hmm. that that was fascinating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and terrifying also well thank you i 
uh, it was nice to find something that didn't have too many sources because I was like, oh, maybe that means like a lot of people aren't covering it. So, yeah, I mean, I've never, I mean, not that I know that many, but I've never heard of it. So I feel like I heard about it before. Honestly, I think because I went, I went to check our episode list to see if I'd covered it because I was like, I know I've heard this before, but then I started reading the notes and I was like, I think I got scared away from the essay aspect mm. last time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I haven't covered it. But which is like not that uncommon in these abduction stories either. I know. So it's amazing how many UFO cases I have covered though that don't involve the stereotypical probing situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I felt like I was on a good run there and then all of a sudden it got to an uncomfy place in this story. And I was yeah. like, "Ooh, well." Anyway, oh, so I I I hope you know, for someone who's on an alien kick right now, I hope that got you extra kicky. You really did. And I feel like I'm going to have to record my sleep tonight and see if I make any more of those homing noises, <laughs> homing pigeon noises. That's, I think, what uh, people should start doing if they're feeling being like they're being watched. Just does your belly rumble in a weird way at night? Just <laughs> I wish it were my maybe. belly. That's the thing is like it was right by my head. So I really don't think it was. I think it just came your out creepy of my mouth. mouth. I'm like I wish Maybe it were it's my like intestines. Throat? That would explain. It, it felt like a fr- like when the frog throat does uh, the yes, yes. Like Maybe your toad. throat has a weird bar trick. Ooh, that'd be fun. I wish I could do that. Like, I'll practice. <laughs> well, you'll practice when you're sleeping. That's for sure. <laughs> Apparently, I've been practicing. Okay. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Okay, so speaking of being like uh, scared away from stories, I have a, a confession, which is that I've been trying to get the guts to cover the Girl Scout murders for weeks now, and I Whoa. was going to do it today, and then I ran out of time to like really go back through them. Like, the notes are all done, so the notes mm-hmm. are there, and it's a two-parter, and I just haven't been in the right headspace to do it, and... um what's i i don't know anything about it except that you are hesitant about doing it so it's got to be rough it's really it's really rough and like i know morbid has covered it a lot of podcasts have covered it um and done a good job on it as far as i know but i kind of have probably either blacked those out or not listened to those episodes so i don't even know but the notes that i have are really rough it's a two-parter um and i i would like to cover it because i think it's a story that deserves to be covered um but i just have not been in the right headspace and i don't think it's fair to put that on the listeners when i'm not in the right headspace so i'm gonna wait to do that i was gonna do it today then i chickened out and uh, i think i might do it uh, our next episode so i want to warn you (laughs) this is a first time that we will know each other's stories beforehand no because oh both of us yeah that's true because the one time i've done this is for uh that episode was it 18 it was um it was was sylvia likens sylvia likens it was so long ago but i remember saying the similar sentiment of like i'm too scared to cover it and people were like go for it because it was the darkest story i think one of the darkest stories I'd i think covered. that one and israel keys are the only ones you've told me in advance you were like this is <laughs> like, fucking brutal yeah. yeah yeah and uh sylvia likens was the first kind of child related one and so i think um that was one i told you in advance but yeah you're right if we both do these next week what's the first time we're really like in the know about both of we're our giving cases. people a, a little spoiler this that's week. fun um, so I, I plan to do it next week when I have a few more days to just really like process it and go through it again and make sure the notes are good. Um, so that is a warning to you all, but I will bring that up. If if I cover it next week, I'll I'll bring that up then. But so instead I panicked and I just pulled out notes. <laughs> but instead I panicked should be a, like, I don't know, a tattoo at this point. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tattoo it right here on my chest. But instead, <laughs> comma, you know, those, you know, that saying like, uh, she, she said she, what is it? Like she said she could, so she did or something. Right, right. I'm going to write. She said she could, but she didn't and panicked instead. And, <laughs> but instead, comma, she I panicked. panicked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like my, that's like the mantra of the Hercene shifter. Uh, it, you know what? It really is. I that was what the SCE always said. They heard growling and round in there in, in her throat. So <laughs> in her tummy and her throat. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah, I remember there was one thing um I saved on Pinterest like 15 years ago, and it was like, don't limit uh don't just panic at the disco. Like panic, panic everywhere. everywhere. Panic at the grocery store, panic in bed at night. I'm like, oh that that speaks to my soul. Okay, so um a weird trail uh of panic at the disco i thought disco ball i thought my gay bathroom your big gay bathroom yeah i've been waiting for you to bring that up on the show have i not announced my gay bathroom on no, the show you told me about it mm, that's not true i thought i said it on my birthday episode where i was like oh these are the things i'm doing for my birthday it's like buying myself a bunch of stuff did okay I? maybe you did maybe you did i think maybe it, i was talking about the troll hole you There's were definitely so talking about the troll hole there are so many things i'm just like there's a lot of weird nooks and crannies of your apartment bam 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 call me bobby or something whoever from queer eye just design 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 (laughs) um 
I no, I'm I, in case I haven't announced it, I'm building a gay bathroom. Um, and it's going very well. A disco ball is involved, which is why I um, that's what I thought of. But so you panic I, in the gay bathroom. Panic in the gay bathroom. <laughs> Wait a minute, someone make that a shirt. Um, so my my goal is I want it to look like a trashy like. I don't know, like campy bathroom that people want to like only gay people want to make out in. Love it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not going to allow anyone who's not queer to make out in there. But if you're queer and you need a place to make out, I will escort you to my personal bathroom and it's going to, it's going to look very good. It's on its way. A lot of things got delivered uh, while I was gone and slowly coming together, folks. I'm very excited to show it to you. Lava lamps? Lava lamp is not a part of it. That was just a bonus for me. Love that. I mean, I, I figured think, the cocktail maker lava lamp wasn't, but I, I wondered if any of the other lava lamps were part of it. Actually, you know what? I literally was on, uh, I was online last night looking for little, little bathroom lava lamps. Yeah, so you were. Probably. Oh my gosh. I bet they have the nightlight ones. Like That's like what a, I was looking for. Like a Glade plug-in, but it's actually a lava lamp. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, but I will say one of my, so I will say some of the things have been delivered, including um, a hand towel set that is theirs and hers. Beautiful. Right? Uh, Embroidered, obviously. Obviously. Theirs and hers. And then a towel came in today that is rubber duckies in BDSM leather. So <laughs> yeah, you told me about that. I'm very excited. <laughs> I don't about know it. if you've mentioned that on the show, but you definitely talked about that. I, I want to it me. to be. I want it to be camp. I want it to be drag. I want it to be fabulous. So. I'm so excited for this bathroom, um, and I think I'm going to L.A. in July. Well, I know. I, I'm trying to get it all done before you get here. Okay, d- don't rush. Don't pressure yourself because I'll be back again in August, but uh, I'm very excited. Very excited. Good and, um just Maybe gotta, when you're here, by the way, uh, since I'm at the investment drink apartment, can you get rid of all your fucking breast milk? Because it's like <laughs> just <laughs> stacks, just mountains of booby milk in I'm the fridge right now. I'm still there, and I will take it with me. Would would your baby be able to eat it anymore? Yes. Is she, oh, okay. Well, hey, that works out. I thought it was gonna have to get. I was trash so afraid you threw it away, and I was no. gonna feel really sad. I am not ever gonna be responsible for what you do with your boobs, whether it is currently in your boobs or now out of your boobs. That I is know, all you. but you you have sometimes the smarter uh, instinct when it comes to my belongings that need to be thrown away. Not necessarily this, but like there are talk times about a where... belonging. It's the one belonging of yours. I think I have no say. Okay, in. so okay. Um, I appreciate that. It's just hanging out here. Me and all your breast milk are just having a good time <laughs> waiting for my internet to kick in. <laughs> You probably would have like the wrath of all the uh, breast milk producing and that's why we drink <laughs> listeners on your hands if you did throw it away. So I would not. That is uh, probably liquid gold as far as I'm concerned. That's right. That's right. And you made it. So I sure art, did. Art as far as I'm concerned. Talk about arts and crafts, you know? Yeah. Just you just made liquid gold. That's that's no that's no ordinary paper mache situation. Thank you. you know? It's no ordinary feat. I made xenon. And I made fucking breast milk. And what else do you want from me, world? W-O-M-A-N. That's what I got to say. <laughs> oh, find me in the gay bathroom, okay? <laughs> Thank you. If you're in there with a queer person, you are more than welcome in that gay bathroom as long as you need it. Okay. Go for it. Um, can I ask too? what was I going to say? Oh, I was hmm. probably just going to ask to go in your gay bathroom. That's probably all I was going to ask. Honestly, uh, I'm a queer person. We can go in there. We don't have to make out, but oh, we can definitely stand no. in there together. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Your bathroom, your rules, but I'm just saying. <laughs> 
I'm not saying I want to. I'm just saying I don't want to be rejected in my own gay bathroom. You no, know I, would I would never. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably be too busy pulling my breast milk out of your freezer. So that would, you know what? Bring the breast milk. Let's see how crazy we get in this. Put it in the lava lamp. See what happens. Hmm. Let's put it in one of those, um, uh, like the like the beer bottles meant for babies, and then have Leona get <laughs> fucked up in the gay bathroom. <laughs> okay, that's well, how we're gonna solve this. Eva and Rachel sent her a onesie that says, um, "My first pride," and she's been wearing that the last couple of days. And Christine, it is, and of course, I put her in her jean shorts. The combo, Christine. No, I know, I know, I know, no, I know. Um, I don't think you know though, because what I'm gonna say is that I literally just bought <gasps> Leona. A one. It's the same one. I already know which one it it's is. It's Target. one from Target. Ah! Oh no! Well, she's got two. Wait, uh, what size I, is that one? Probably not big enough. Ah! Well, I'm I don't si- know, but I did get her something else that's a bigger size. So, but I don't know <gasps> if it's a pride one. Sorry, Eva beat you to it. Ah, oh, damn it, Eva. That's okay. I'm sorry. Your baby can have more than one pride thing. As far that's fine. No, the limit is one in this household. I'm just kidding. I'll keep it here so she has a costume change in the gay bathroom. Honestly. That can be her gay bathroom outfit. I know what it can be. Okay, I know it cool. can be. Don't cool, you cool, worry. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, wow, we really derailed. Um, tell really? me about this like really tragic right on, story. Right you're on track. Go into. So this is what I did. Instead, comma, I panicked. Oh and, right, that's where we were. Right. What I did was I found old notes that I've never covered on the show. Hmm. And I did not have time to read them. So we're just. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so, you know, I don't think you understand the parallels that are happening here because I literally almost, when my internet went out yeah. yesterday and I was like, I don't know what to do. I thought I'm just going to use old notes. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I just went into it and didn't read the notes? <laughs> so like, I literally almost did that today. I like that you thought that and then said, but no, I'm a professional. And I said, well, wouldn't it be funny? That yep. was my backup plan. If for some reason the, and that's why your drink apartment also didn't have internet. Then oh, I, I was, I was going to be fucked. So I'd be like, well. Well, that's what I did. And, um, you know, I just roll with the punches. Um, I'm known for being, um, what's the right word? Uh, what spont- are you going to say? Spontaneous to a detriment, uh, to a detrimental degree. And so I'm just going to wing-, wing it and um, we're going to read these notes together. That sounds great. And Isn't I do that- really, <laughs> it sounds great. And also your um, description of yourself, absolutely exactly on par. Oh, so. Oh, I'm so glad you agree because sometimes people are like, no, you're you're wrong about yourself. And they're usually right. It's one of my favorite things about you. It's and what's it's such a weird um because half the time it's really is two personalities because half the time I don't th- I don't think I could pull you out of your house. But the no, other half never. the time, so goddamn spontaneous, it's to a detriment. I will but steal a boat in the right context. You know what I mean? In the right and <laughs> you gotta be in the right headspace. And honestly, that's I only want to be around you during that headspace because sometimes you're like, let's just like stay at home and eat some cheese and play a board game. And I'm like, we got to steal this boat. I though. will say like 90% of the time I'm that. And then 10% yeah. of the time I'm like, well, when you, when you choose anything. to thrive, you fucking deliver. I haven't nailed anything to the wall in a few days. We could do that. I could paint a room half half as hardly and just cover some of the walls for fun that's fine it's fine you and i'm here for the ride the entire time yeah so i guess it does give gemini like the exact representation it deserves 
Um, so that's what we're going to do. This is the story of Belle Siddons, a.k.a. Madame Vestal, comma, notorious Southern Belle of the Old West. Oh, hold on. So since you said Old West, I'm trying to think of where you would have done this. Is it Texas? No. It's St. Louis again, which is literally the last story I covered from our book when I pulled the same fucking excuse of not having internet because my power went out. That's so weird. What is going on? <laughs> is Mercury in retrograde? It's still Gemini season. Maybe things are just working out for us. I think it's Gemini season. Mercury was retrograde for a while there. I think um, I'm also just... You know, my iron is low. I'm going to use that uh, as an excuse for now. That'll be it. That's be that's it. totally fine. Um, so again, a perk of my memory being as strong as like a goldfish. Um, <laughs> I have never heard this story as far as I know. Hey, me so, neither. All right, cool. Let's let's get into it as if it's a a brand new piece of information to both Super. of us. Super. Okay, so the first bullet I have here is a quote from a radio show from the 1950s called The Frontier Gentleman. And this is a quote about Belsons. It is a never-ending source of amazement to me what a woman will do for or to a man. <gasps> okay, put that on the shirt also. I like that on a shirt. Except don't because I feel like it's sort of like, ugh, it's never... It'll always amaze me what women will do for men. Like, ew, I don't want that on a shirt. I don't know. Wait, hold on. Read the quote again then? It's a never-ending source of amazement to me what a woman will do for or to a man. Oh, I thought both of them it was to a man. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> that to felt a, a man more badassery. is more badass. But for a man, I'm like, yeah. on his okay. behalf is kind of ick. I would like the second half or whatever. Get out. Just edit that little part out. I don't want that. And then. And then write the frontier gentleman. Just write a new sentence, but make it really good. That's what I want. Instead, make it say instead, comma, I panicked. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Okay. Why? Um, What is happening with me today? I feel like I'm just like spiraling for no reason. I'm like on my third glass of wine. I haven't had anything to eat in a few hours. So I think I'm not (laughs) helping the cause is what I'll say. (sighs) Uh, Okay. Okay, so Belle Siddons. She was born in Jefferson City, Missouri, sometime in the 1830s, and was born on a plantation. Mm-hmm. Her parents were wealthy landowners from St. Louis, and her uncle was actually Missouri governor at the time. Uh, his, Clay- his name was Claiborne Fox Jackson. Whoa. So Belle attended and graduated from the Missouri, get this, the Missouri Female Semina- Seminary. I almost said cemetery again, which I did last week. <laughs> seminary. <laughs> At Lexington, Missouri, and she spent a lot of her young life traveling with her uncle and meeting with people in the elite circles of Southern society, basically learning etiquette and how to be charming, how to come across as a You can't teach charm, baby. So you just got to be born with it. You know, I know all about that. (laughs) I'm so I don't need that school. (laughs) I got it built in. Charm school. I did always, I would love to, I would love to. I think that'll be my hyperfixation of the night to learn all, all about the ins and outs of a charm school. You know, I had something like that. Um, growing cotillion? Up. Well, I did do cotillion. I hated it. I hated cotillion too. Uh, but I also at school, um, we had this woman named Miss Manners. Hmm. And she would come in every couple months and we'd have to take these like courses with her on like how to be a lady and the earliest one i remember was second grade and i'm like ew 
Wait I a minute. Seven. Did you say her name was Miss Manners? Her name she was, was literally Miss Manners. I've looked her up and she has like books that she's like written. she's like she's teaching you about manners and her name is Miss Manners. Yeah, but I think she like that's either a pseudonym or she changed her name or something. But it sounds like like the like a like a, a Stepford wife mascot. Like Yeah. Like No, that's like she- what she was. She like taught us what to do with like our silver. And I'm like, what the fuck silver what are you talking about? I feel like if you were teaching children, like you said, second grade, I feel like there should have been like a kitty cat and like some like, I don't know. No, there was just this housewife dress and she's known as Miss Manners and she teaches you how to like, I don't know, be a stereotype. She was a scary lady and she was like, this is how you polish your silver. And I'm like, I eat my cereal out of a Winnie the Pooh bowl. I don't need you to tell me how to use silver. But I think a lot of that has stuck in my mind about like, like I still know where the forks go and all that business. And I, what a waste of my memory and my brain space, you know? Uh, yeah, I, hmm. I'm not saying my recently private Catholic school. That's for sure. I was somewhere recently where I had just become friends with, it was weird because I was talking to a group of people that I'm not actually that close with. We were all like new and it was like our first time hanging out. Where the fuck was it? But at at some point we were all like where do we stand on manners like how are we how are we navigating the rest of this hangout like because i think food had gotten there and it was like <laughs> are we are we doing like the civil war thing or am i allowed to feel free to just like get really disgusting in front of everyone so and i don't remember where i was but i remember really appreciating that someone asked that and then all of us were like manners are not at this table certainly manners so. are for the dog manners are for miss manners only yeah, I've anyway, sorry. Miss Manners, her head probably exploded when I when she overheard that somewhere in the in the world. Oh, that I, I'm sure it did. If she were near our table when that happened, she would have been like, What? <laughs> I swear she was like ninety five when she did this for me in second grade. So I don't know where she is now. But uh I did also I did have to take these kind of um etiquette classes at school. And again, my parents were paying for this like this private school. It's just such a waste, such a waste. I think Um, it ended at Cotillion for me, and that was enough. Disturbing, terrible. Mm -hmm. I know how to foxtrot, though, folks. Oh, I sure don't. Well, then you weren't paying attention to Cotillion. Do you think I was paying attention? (laughs) Did you ever think I was paying attention? No, and by by knowing how to foxtrot, I mean I know how to let a boy lead me in the foxtrot. Yeah, big yikes. So if we did it together, we'd both be like, what the fuck? Although You'd have to be the boy. I don't even know how to... I guess I could learn to be the boy, because I don't know how to be the girl in it either. (sighs) Okay. You can be the fox. What? Nothing. Let's just move on because uh, I was drinking water and also the joke did not land. And said a joke and then sw- <laughs> swung the water bottle back and I was like, what'd you say? It just was such bad timing. <laughs> but also I kind of knew what I was doing. So I'm sorry. That's okay. Just know that I made it really, it was unnecessary. It was so stupid. Like not even fun. No this one would have had fun. I had fun. This is so stupid because we still have to record the after episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a a long okay okay sorry so there's miss manners or wait no there's not someone else is at charm school that's where we left off she's at charm school bell is at charm school and she's learning how to do proper etiquette how to be charming and apparently her debutante ball was the talk of the town Mm -hmm. but then the civil war broke out dun 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 
Dun, dun, dun. At this point, Bell was in her 20s. Missouri residents were divided between supporting the North and the South. But of course, Bell and her family were Southern sympathizers who actively sought to, quote, crush the Union's agenda. Wow. Great. Well, great. So Bell did what any young wo- woman would do in her situation. She, get this, became a spy for the Confederacy. Well, the spy, the first half of that sentence is was cool. also very fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. then it quickly becomes not fun, but it's Like, cool. she's a spy that I hope was bad at her job and and was involved in the Confederacy losing. Yeah, that's, I know. <laughs> it's sort hope. of like, oh, it would have been cool the other way around, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can't, we can't win them all. Nope. So she began spending all her time with Union soldiers who were training in the area. She would go to dinners, dance halls, and even the opera with these soldiers. Many of the men became enamored with her and wanted to impress her. So they started to share classified information about military plans and the position of soldiers with her, which she would then like directly pass on to the confederacy men are so dumb well and that's why that quote annoys me at the top like it's astounding what women will do for a man and it's like it's astounding that i get it no but i feel like it's astounding the other way around what men will do for yeah a a woman oh 100 percent they're giving up wartime secrets to take her to the opera yeah I don't know what this has to do. Whatever. Anyway, I I thought the quote was like. No, you're right. Flipped upside down. You know what it should be then? We get a shirt with that quote and then we put an X through woman and put men. Like it's astounding what men would do. Like just, well, you just change it for them. Okay. And then everyone's like, what does that shirt mean? And we're like, we have no idea. And then we go, men are silly. That's it. Can't the shirt just say men are silly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do that. (laughs) It's just easier. That just gets the point across. Can we just get, let's have a shirt just say like men are silly geese. Like just have like a bunch of geese with like, and then just have, and then write men and like point an arrow at the We could recycle the goose cam shirt and just. Oh, the silly, it would be a silly goose cam. Oh, it'd have to be a silly goose cam. Totally different thing. (laughs) Okay. So take, take, take goose cam. Get the camera away from, from him. Take him, take it away. He has a name tag on. It says, hello, my name is silly. And then you just write, and then you just write men somewhere on the shirt and point an arrow at the silly goose. That's, and that's so good. I know what it is. It's honestly genius. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Yeah, everyone wants to steal it. Eva, get the merch company on the horn, who they happen to all be men, but they'll get it. It's fine. Get them on the horn. Honk, honk. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Okay. So she's getting these secrets from the opera. Okay. From these people at the opera. And in 1862, she was found out by General Newton Curtis from New York and an arrest warrant was issued. One of her admirers had tipped her off. So she tried to escape, but she was caught trying to flee the area. So first she uh, claimed innocence and said she had done nothing wrong. And then they opened up her little bag and inside they found detailed plans of the stops on the railroad line that was being used by the Union Army to transport supplies and weapons. So she had like full time military intel in her bag. (laughs) Smoking gun. Smoking gun. And that's when she changed her tune and began to brag about her role in helping the South win the Civil War. She then accused the North of making a war on women, which I'm like, hmm, mm, wrong angle, but okay. Uh, and then she dramatically challenged them to shoot her like a common spy. Oh, my God. Wow. They did She's... not. 
Yeah, she's a lot of things, and bold is one of them. Bold is most of them, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, she was tried for her crime, found guilty, and sentenced to a year at the Grand Street Rebel Prison. Can't believe that's what it was called. But she proposed a deal, which the authorities accepted. And the deal was that she would be released after four months, but would be banned from Missouri until the war was over and would only be allowed to do hospital work until that time. Mm. Okay. So she kept that promise and left the state to work as a wartime nurse. When the war ended, Bell returned to Jefferson City, Missouri, to work as a lobbyist for politicians, during which she became notorious for for her ability to subtly influence certain members of the legislature. Oh. There's this newspaper article uh, that I found from 1881 that describes her time working in Jefferson City as full of, quote, scandalous stories, wine suppers, and mysterious excursions to St. Louis. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I love I, her. I I really I don't want to love her, but you know there I are know. parts of her I'm really admire. I not admired, but um, I do want to keep watching the show. You know, yeah, what I'm it's sort of yeah, it's like a train wreck. Uh, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't love most parts of her, but just some of the like descriptions of her, I'm like, damn, sounds she like a fun time. It's a firecracker. <laughs> yes, yeah. a dynamo. Let's call a her that. Dynamo, a real indeed. dynamo. Yeah. So suddenly she seemed to vanish in thin air. She had fallen in love with a man named Newt Hallett of Kansas City, who was described in the uh, article I just mentioned as a young sport. Oh. (laughs) Uh, The two of them moved to Texas together. And because he was a gambling man, he taught her how to play cards. And lo and behold, we're not shocked. She was very good she was naturally very good at playing cards uh and she worked as a dealer of blackjack or as they then called it 21 and uh i can see that because she learned how to be all charming and Mm -hmm. manipulative and she was probably just good at being the host of that kind of thing yeah so unfortunately a couple years later newt died of yellow fever and Belle was now forced to support herself. So she moved to Wichita, Kansas, changed her name to Madame Vestal, and she opened up her own gambling hall. Hmm. Uh, because of her background, she was able to set up her gamb- gambling hall with luxurious style and refinement. And considering she herself was also beautiful and alluring, she became this kind of like legend in the area. She typically wore red or black velvet, ornamented with gaudy jewelry mostly diamonds and rubies she had this like luxurious black hair that she like tossed over her shoulders and she would wear these gold and diamond clasps in her hair and she said this uh costume she wore this like outfit and she said that it excites curiosity and draws in suckers Hmm. (laughs) so i you know She's I don't agree with a lot of her valuers, but she does know how to con a man. That's and what I'm saying, right? I can respect that part. That's yeah. I can peel apart her personality in like in like that one spot. That part, I'm like, okay, okay, I see you. Yeah. She was soon running gambling enterprises in several cities when she heard of a gold strike in the Black Hills of South Dakota. So she straight up mm. moved to Deadwood, South Dakota and set up shop there with her own combination bar, dance hall, and gambling establishment. Wait a minute, Deadwood. I've covered a haunted place in Deadwood. Deadwood? I feel like I know Deadwood too. I don't... 
We, it was years ago that I covered it, but I remember thinking, like, what a perfect name for a, a city that has a haunted house. It's a Deadwood. great name. Deadwood. Anyway, keep going. So she's she's just, like, already going to be, like, a girl bossing her way through girl Deadwood. Girl boss. <laughs> exactly. She moves to Deadwood, and she sets up shop with her own combination bar, dance hall, gambling establishment. Woo. She changed her name again, this time to Lurleen. Oh. I feel like she could have workshopped that a little bit. L U R L I N. Of all the names? Of all of the names. Of all the names. Of all the names. Not like Anne, like Lurleen. All right. Yeah. Lurleen Monteverde. <laughs> That's quite. You know, I, my, the reason I say something like not Anne, I would imagine she wanted to like keep low in some way and like have like a name that was hard to. Not even a little bit. She really went for like, I'm just picking so many crazy sounds. She was like, like, I need a name that matches my diamond barrettes. Yeah. Like she's going to be able to get spotted real quick with a name like that. I feel like that's not what she should have been doing. (laughs) No, Lurleen. All right. She wanted to be a star and she was uh, in the local newspaper. She was actually described as a quote, flawlessly groomed beauty, inviting, sultry and sensuous. Hmm. Okay. And then there was another article that called her a quote strange woman. Oh. <laughs> well, that might have been us, I think. <laughs> oh. So so far I'm like, she is uh a silly another silly one. A so. silly goose. Uh <laughs> yeah, that's again that's why we drink newsletter. If you sign up for that, we might call her a strange woman. She definitely is a, I mean, she's she's strange for picking a name like that. I she's think she's different. <laughs> no, like no hate to anyone out there named like Lurleen, but like I feel like if you're thinking of a names to like reinvent yourself, that's like I wouldn't even. It's like not even. You had to have you had to have known someone. I feel like for a name like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like wait, I feel no, like you just what known someone like with that name or known like I I feel like you have to know a, a Lurleen to even like it's like have that name in, that name in your mind. Like, I almost feel like it was like a. Arlene mixed with Lucy. Like she couldn't pick a name and was like, what about Lurley? <laughs> oh, I like that. That's pretty cool. Okay. I'll take it. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea, but um, it's just so it's just, there's gotta be a story there. Cause it's, it's too so original. obscure. I know. I wish, I wish there were more explanation on that. Cause I, I do wonder uh, where that came from. And if your name is Lurleen, please let us know. I'm please very let us know curious. Where, like the origin of that. Yeah, I would love to know. I feel uh, like that's not a name that like you don't come up with that name unless you have a reason for that. It's name. not like in a baby name book, I imagine. So it probably yeah. has some sort of meaning, I would think. Like maybe like someone wanted Lorraine. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Lur- I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty similar too. Um, so I'm curious. Yeah, if anybody has that name, let me know. Um, so. Despite naming herself Lurleen, at this point, she decided to basically throw her entire past away and she refused to talk about where she came from or what her background was. And this honestly made her even more alluring and mysterious because you couldn't just look somebody up on Facebook at this point. Like Mm. she just seemed even more mysterious. She just blew into town as Lurleen and nobody knew who she was. I feel like a Lurleen only blows into town. She doesn't just like walk on in there. If your name is Lurleen, let us know. Did you just blow into town? Because like, tell us which town you are currently blowing into. Blowing into and blowing out of. I I need to know. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and lest we forget, obviously, these were the days of the Old West, so she was friends with all sorts of old-timey outlaws, including Wild Bill Hickok and John Wesley Hardin, who um, I covered in Dallas and I covered on the podcast. He, John Wesley Hardin, I think he was the one, uh, the man, I think I even wrote about him in the book, actually. Let me make oh, sure wow. I, got, I got the name right. Um, I think he was the one who uh, killed a man who snored too loud. <laughs> that was, was like me. you're just getting it mixed up oh wait yeah that's why you got to make that horrible honking sound that well, I so, uh, no i don't i don't remember you talking about okay him. yeah he shot a man for snoring the man so mean he shot a man for snoring that was like his thing it was like a few months ago i think i covered him on the podcast um anyway so one day a handsome so she was friends with these guys one day, a handsome stagecoach robber named Archie McLaughlin uh, strolled in to her little gambling operation while she was dealing 21 or blackjack, and they apparently fell in love instantly. Oh, okay. And Belle, I guess, fell into some old habits. She began using her talents as a spy to get information from stagecoach drivers who came to her gambling tables. She would listen to men as they talked about their roots and what they'd be carrying in their stagecoaches. And then she would tell Archie, who would then intercept the stagecoaches as the outlaw. And then she would get a cut of the profits. So they're doing a little, maybe like a Bonnie and Clyde situation, yeah. like a little, a little tag team in. I think it's fascinating. I think it's I, absolutely fascinating for a woman of that time to be so, like, I mean, obviously criminally, but like business oriented. I also want, like, I, anytime, I don't know why it's more interesting to me when it's like a man and woman duo. It really shouldn't be. I'm, anytime there is like a, a law breaking duo. Yeah. I wonder like how they finally opened up and told each other like i think we should both commit crime together like i'm still trying to figure out how to or, say that to you no yeah or i wonder to me <laughs> <laughs> or i wonder if it if it's like a gradual thing where it's like oh i heard that they're doing this oh hey i uh stopped them and stole some money thanks for letting like, me know here's a couple yeah. cents here's a couple bucks and like i wonder if it just kind of builds yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I've always been curious, like, how do you get into that topic with someone and then you both kind of like look at each other like, are you okay You're like, with I'm that? just kidding. Unless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be just so funny Unless. if we robbed a bank? Yeah. <laughs> no. Unless. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, that's what they did. Uh, she would be the kind of like little spy. And I mean, part of me as a woman finds that very vindicating because it's like oh the woman who runs this entire business the men will just freely talk in front of you about all their business stuff and think yeah. like oh you would never understand or pay attention or you silly dumb little on. woman you yeah. dumb little woman and like i'm not saying all of them were like that but i'm saying like it's kind of weirdly vindicating that like she used her powers of like going to charm school to you know take advantage of people I, it sounds honestly bad. she's a success story for charm school for charm they probably erased her off the board of alumni, but still. They should have named a charm school after they her. Named they should have named the place after her. should have been like, look what she accomplished I... with the pizzazz and moxie we gave her. Look at this moxie. I She should change her name to moxie, but whatever. What do I know? <laughs> um, so she would give this information. He would stall and rob the stagecoaches, and then she would get a cut of the profits. And she actually told Archie, when we get enough, we'll leave here. And who knows, I might 
even marry you. <gasps> oh. Okay. This is a TV show. Somebody call me. Let's write this. This is this, fun. And especially like as a Western, as an yeah, old Western. Uh, Are you, you know I love me? a cowboy. Come on. Let's They're do gonna it. They're going to ride off into the sunset. Oh, let's do it. Unfortunately, here's where the story turns. One night, she got careless, and she let it slip that there was a robbery planned. And when word got back to the sheriff, they, of course, waited, and they thwarted the robbery, and they caught Belle's love, Archie, in the act of murdering, or not murdering, I guess, stealing from the stagecoach, and they caught one of his men as well. And on their way to stand trial in Deadwood, they were captured by an outlaw named Boone May and his vigilantes, and unfortunately, they hanged them from a tree. Oh. And so it got oh. dark really fast. Sorry. That was like all in one breath. I all, didn't expect it. Was it was one bullet. <laughs> Whoa. And as you know, I'm learning this with you. So I'm improv you, you also didn't see that coming. Not, not even a tiny bit. You're you know? trying to pretend like you're not shocked. But I feel like in your head, you went, oh, my God. They, went, uh, got, oh, shit. they got hanged. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yep. Uh, They caught Bell's love, Archie, one of his men. And on their way to their trial, they were caught by vigilantes and hanged before they could even stand trial. Um, After Archie's death, Bell unfortunately fell into a deep depression. She began to drink heavily. And unfortunately, she ultimately took an overdose of poison in an attempt to take her own life. But a doctor managed to get to her just in time to save her from death. But um, she basically was like a changed woman after that um she stopped caring about her reputation her honor her wealth she was basically filled with this like vengeful desire to kill boone may the guy the vig- group of vig- vigilantes who killed her love uh mm-hmm. for taking him away from her but instead of getting revenge on them she just kind of kept on this path of drinking and depression and she fell deeper and deeper into this state and let everything else fall to the wayside. Um, it's a very tragic story. And although in the past she had been publicly admired, her affiliation with like Archie and these roadside robbers kind of turned public opinion on her because they were like, well, why would we side with her? Even right. though she ran this right. great establishment, like she was promoting and helping all these people get robbed on the side yeah. of the road for her own benefit. Um, <sighs> And so she wasn't even, at this point, pitied by anybody in town who could have, like, stepped in and helped her. Um, So she was just kind of left to her own devices. And as a last resort, she was given an official order to leave the Black Hills of South Dakota and never return, which is interesting because she was... She took that offer once to leave Missouri and never... Or, like, never return until the war was over. Right, I was going to say, if she feels, like, so... I guess outcast in this area. Why wouldn't she just leave and go change her name again or something? And I think she just had lost that like will to be a big personality. Yeah. Like a, I think she just kind of didn't care about her reputation anymore. Like she just didn't want to pursue that. Um, but she was kicked out of town. So in 1870, she did move to Leadville, Colorado and opened a dance hall that was apparently quite stylish and successful, but she didn't stay long. Um, she began to drift through Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, and she just couldn't 
bring herself to bring that to find that same charm and allure that she had she had. didn't have the she wasn't using the x factor anymore yeah she yeah it's almost it. like it didn't matter as much mm-hmm. anymore like she had lost that um and so she didn't bring that to her new businesses and so they didn't fare as well as they had in the past um it also didn't help that uh, along the way she had picked up a new habit called smoking opium Oh, that's quite a habit. Quite a habit. Uh, and she that's was still- not that's not just like a that's not a making xenon and paper mache situation. No, yeah, it's not even just a hobby. It's like a yeah, full on detrimental habit. Uh huh. Um, and she was also still drinking quite heavily. So pretty soon, her mind, her health, and her beauty, which obviously doesn't matter, except that that's what she used to kind of, you know. A, like lure people and um influence men and make her businesses successful all of that kind of was it was how she made her whole lifestyle yeah yeah her whole like presentation basically was compromised and so kind of her businesses just didn't succeed like they used to so bell was arrested near death uh unfortunately in 1881 in san francisco and she was brought to the hospital ward of a san francisco prison where a chaplain urged her to ease her conscience by confessing the story of her past and for the first time ever in this moment bell finally pieced together the facts of her life and told the story of her journey from southern bell to civil war spy to blackjack dealer and now to here in this prison in 1881. Wow. Oh, yeah. So Belle Siddons died in jail in 1881. She was only 41 years old. Very oh. young. There are no specifics as to where she's buried, but it's probably in the Golden Gate Cemetery in San Francisco. And to this day, Belle Siddons is memorialized actually in a local parade in Deadwood, South Dakota, where oh. she rides alone in a carriage dressed in luxurious robes and feathers or like <gasps> somebody, you know, representing her, obviously. Yeah, with diamonds and rubies, maybe. With diamonds and rubies in their hair. Oh. <laughs> um. Also, sorry, I know you said that she died at 41. I was just like, I feel like she sounds like she lived such a life. A full I, life. It's an, I guess maybe if you, what year was, what, this was the 1800s? Yeah, yeah. So she died in 1881 um, and we don't know what year, but she was born in the 1830s. So I, I guess if we know that she died, I, th- I think all of it's kind of an estimate. Um, I also like, I always think like, oh, well, they died so young, but then I'm like, Back then, people started their lives so much earlier. Like maybe she yeah, was just pe- like out running around at twelve or something. Right? Like people, know. people started. Yeah, pe- I feel like childhood maybe was shorter in a way, mm-hmm. uh, in relative terms compared to now. Maybe, um, but yes, yeah, she lived a very varied life. A very, uh, <laughs> very it had quite a range. It had yeah. a range uh-huh. for sure. Um, and so, you know, she, she had an interesting life. Again, if someone wants to make a movie about this, like, give me a ringer, you know, <laughs> get me on the horn. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ringer, the horn, honk, honk. I will honk from my bed. You'll hear me. Honk. <laughs> will honk for movie opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> will honk for next great screenplay. Um, apparently in this note, uh, I put Gemini horoscope because she was a Gemini. Did oh, I? we don't know did... that she was a Gemini, do we? Uh, maybe you did at a different time, but Christine. also interesting that it I is. I think I made it up. I think I made up that she's a Gemini. 
Well, also, well, it's Gemini season. Maybe that's, was it Gemini season when you did this last time? No, January 20th. <laughs> oh, huh. I got nothing then. I think, I mean, even the fact that during this session of notes, you were like, oh, Christine, were we talking about that? I feel like you were like talking about me in this context. I was talking about well, earlier today. I don't know, like charm school and all that. Like well, I maybe? was talking about Gemini season about how you, uh, what'd you call yourself? You called yourself spontaneous to a detriment. Yeah. And then I said, oh, and then you said that's, that's pretty, because I said it's, it is two personalities. And that was Sometimes about you... me doing this, these notes. So uh-huh. it wasn't really about the story. It was just, huh. Sometimes I feel like when we have conversations, there's no full circles. They just become like <laughs> spider webs. Like, because it feels like we ended up running back into a previous conversation yeah. but sometimes that previous conversation was from like 13 weeks ago and we yeah. finally just finished it <laughs> i'm like oh see it all connects and you're like both those like, are like i think I, it doesn't really make sense where it, we it connects all the way back to 2019 oh yeah okay <laughs> you finally, remember we and then someone on twitter that. is invariably like oh yeah i remember it's episode 222 and we're like <laughs> oh okay perfect see we knew um wow okay so i did write a gemini horoscope i assume i just decided she was a gemini based on her many faces like her gemini's are often described as like being two-faced and kind of like the fact that she was a spy and was using her quote-unquote charm to like elicit basically gossip and then tell it to the other people that does feel like something both of us would not totally deny wanting to do ourselves yeah like clearly we were drawn to her for a reason and i Mm -hmm. again not in the context of war obviously but like you know i mean it's i feel like it fits kind of so i guess i got a gemini what i back then called a horror scope so i'll just read it uh Mm -hmm. and this was of the day that i announced the story or told this story in st louis so here we go volcanic eruptions question mark the ego-driven sun and volatile Uranus. Uranus? How do you say that? I, well, I, I think everyone wants to say Uranus, but I think the right way is actually Uranus. Okay, I've started saying Uranus because I just like, couldn't even. I didn't want to go there. Okay. <laughs> the ego-driven... Well, because one's Uranus and one's Uranus. Urin. They're not like, much better. Yeah. Like, yeah, just change your whole name, you planet. Just <laughs> <laughs> change your name to Lur... Lur- what was her name? Lorraine. L- Lurinus. Lurini. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Lorainus. Well, what was her? <laughs> Lorainus. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. <laughs> the ego-driven sun and volatile Lorainus could get rivalries and group conflicts boiling like hot lava. Hmm. Is your own urge to micromanage turning a collaboration into a dictatorship? <laughs> Uh, and then this is for us, apparently. Been thinking of launching a blog or a podcast? Do something yeah. toward that in the next two weeks. Honestly, it's the one thing she never did. Oh, and honestly, maybe she lives on through us, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, at least only in that way, in that way only. In that <laughs> way only, to be clear. Um. Wow. No wonder you found that uh, horror scope online and you were like, Th- that'll do <laughs> i was like honestly good a guess as any that she was born in the month of end of may or june yep you never know 
So anyway, that's the story of Southern Belle, Belle Siddons. Slash Mrs. Vestibule or something. Vestal. Vestibule. Miss Vestal. Lorraine. Lorraineus. Lurleen. Lurleen. That's what it was. Lurleen. She's got a she's got a bunch of names. I uh she's got three names. My story had three different names. We're just true. Every everyone loves a nickname this week. Uh and we're technically ending Gemini season now, but as we mm. record this, we're still in it, right? So like yeah. going out with a bang, you know? At least we are. By the time everyone's listening to this, I, I don't know. But you and but like, I are for sure. This is the last day of Gemini season. I feel like um, as people listen to this, like they just know that um, we held on to it as long as we possibly could. We sure did. White knuckled. White, White knuckled it. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckle well, and buckle. Well, that was, you know what? That one made me feel really safe, Christine. And I appreciate it because I know next week is going to be a yeah and that's Fucking a thing i just want to warn everybody i wanted to do a buffer before i really dove into that one and it's 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 rough so my only request is after next week you give us another light-hearted bantery one again great idea. because great idea. because whoa this is i'm already nervous i'm gonna maybe eat cheesecake next week afterwards as why like don't a, we just re- order cheesecake afterward why don't we order cheesecake before good idea and after i know what i'm doing now you're talking <laughs> i've been talking this whole time you're just finally listening okay well uh good job christine that was a that was a tasty a tasty morsel of a story oh thank you em good job to you too thank you i i can't wait to tell you more alien things next week me too hi what are you up to for the rest of the day anything just, good you know um drinking wine recording two patreon chats bonus after chats with you ah and then i am just chillaxing at shay atwwdhq geo's castle geo's castle that's the one (laughs) and that's why we drink bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.